Hello, B2B Nation. Every few months, we have the opportunity to pack our bags and head out to marketing conferences around the country for on-site coverage. In February, we covered Flip My Funnel in San Francisco, and recently, we covered Serious Decisions in our backyard, Nashville, Tennessee. Serious Decision is billed as, quote, four full days of data-driven best practice research and unveiling of new innovations, unquote. That is from their website. Uh, I interviewed eight different leaders in demand generation and marketing and asked every single one of them the same question. How does the idea of intelligent growth, the conference theme, frame your demand generation and marketing strategy? While the answers are all quite different, I think they do a great job of framing how so much of marketing today is changing. First up, the CMO of MongoDB, Megan Eisenberg, explains her thoughts. Yeah, well, certainly we're trying to get smarter about when you come in, what what we're going to sell to you and who you should be talking to or if if we shouldn't be talking to you. And so part of intelligent growth is one, understanding who's coming in, getting the right append information, um, learning as much about you as we can to, you know, better message to you. And, and we've found even with our nurture, we have 23 nurture programs that wow. we put together in the last year. Wow. Um, and it's, it's based on your title and your role. It's based on your industry. And it's based on your revenue size. And then some of the things you've done on our web properties mm. to understand intent and some outside you know, information being appended. And we have definitely seen an increase in um, the, our pipeline based on us getting you warmed up before you even talk to sales mm. and having the right information. And we've seen a decrease in our sales cycle. So it's, you know, it's an impressive, it's a yeah, great way. It's a win-win. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, people are always nervous about nurture programs if they hand a lead off to sales. Well, aren't, isn't sales going to be emailing them at the same time? They look so dramatically different that being educated by a company that's not, you know, in your face, but teaching me about, you know, analyst reports like Gartner and Forrester or, or case studies, how other people are using it is very different than someone reaching out saying, hey, I'd like to meet with you. And it's, a you know, more of an aggressive email yep. trying to schedule time. And it doesn't look, pro you know, it's as a professional as an email can be that's not done by marketing um, with all these nice graphics. So I find they're very different and they serve very different things. And as a buyer myself, I love to get the content from companies and I know it's very different than someone reaching out to pitch mm. to me. This idea of smart content was undoubtedly an important theme that came out of many answers. Vanessa Porter, the director of marketing at Snap App, explains further. I mean, so for me, when I think of child intelligent growth, it's about picking the right leads and it's about getting the right content in front of the right people and just being a little bit more strategic. Um, you know, often we've talked about, you know, don't blast your leads, you know, be smarter, but I think it's still happening. And so for me, it's really about how do you process all the information that we get? How do you collect the information to make better business decisions and really make sure that you're forming a partnership and alignment throughout the business. Um, often, you know, for years we've been talking about don't swallow the organization. I think that's still truth. And I think companies are still struggling to do that. And we have to get better and we have to kind of move up. We know what the roadmap looks like. Now it's time to really get it done. In understanding your marketing roadmap, it's important to consider what exactly the idea of intelligent growth means. Julia Stead, the director of demand generation at Invoca, dives deeper into that idea. Intelligent growth, I think, is a great term because it's not about fast growth or cheap growth or, you know, whatever it takes. So I think how we approach it are, are 
it's basically twofold. One with scalability in mind. So making sure that we have the resources and we're not overextending ourselves and, and trying to kind of push too fast beyond our capabilities. Um, really being smart with what we spend our time on and not kind of wasting our time um, with all the bright new shiny objects. Really just focusing on, well actually going back to that big goal, right? What's our, what's our big goal? What's our revenue and pipeline goal? What are the segments that are gonna help us achieve that goal? And then what are the programs or channels that we know are most effective in hitting those targets? I think on the other, sort of the counterpart to that is having the data and being smarter and more intelligent about making decisions. So getting really granular level attribution across all of our different prospect and customer touch points, whether they're online, whether it's a phone call to our business, whether it's in person, using all that data and then making really smart decisions to only invest in the proven channels and programs that deliver a good pipe to spend ratio for us or a good ROI. And kind of further to that point, uh, th this is sort of conference season for us, right? We were at MarTech, uh, Marketo Summit two weeks ago, um, Serious Decisions Now, the Flip My Funnel events. There are so many different technology vendors out there, and it's really easy to get caught up and think that you need everything. But I think it's part of intelligent growth as well is really focusing on what are the, the marketing problems that you absolutely need to solve, not the nice-to-haves, but the absolutely you need to solve, and, and how will they further your, your business goals, using those technologies to, the, to really their fullest extent and just focusing on that subset, uh, and only seek out new technology if there's a new problem you want to solve or a new strategy that you want to approach. Not everyone is completely aligned with the idea of intelligent growth. Aaron Dunn, the SVP of marketing at SnapApp, describes why he thinks more companies should develop aggressive growth models as opposed to intelligent growth. You know, I think the I think the I think the idea of intelligent growth is is, is an interesting one, right? So you've got to um, you got to make sure you're thinking about smart growth. But you know, for me. You know, I'm challenged a little bit by the, the notion of sort of incremental change. Um, I think that incremental change is a little too safe. And intelligent growth, honestly, to me, feels a little too safe. Um, you know, I think as a business, you know, you're trying to drive growth at whatever scale you are. If you're a billion-dollar company, you're trying to get to, you know, to two billion. If you're 100 million, you're trying to get to a billion. If you're 10 million, you're trying to get to 50 million, right? And all those things, to me, um, require that you change the scope and scale of how you think about the problem. Right. If we think about incremental growth, if we think about 20% improvement, 25% improvement, we think extremely narrowly about how to solve the problem. Right. If I've got you know a thousand blog subscribers you know, to my blog today, you know it'd be very logical for someone to build a plan to get us to 2,000. Like, hey, look at look at us, we doubled. But 2,000 is interesting, you know. But 10,000 is substantially more interesting. Right, 50,000, 100,000. How do we get to 100,000 blog subscribers? Because yeah. now, when you're 100,000 blog subscribers, you can do some really cool stuff. Right, you can do some uh, nurture marketing. You can do some, you know, really cool engagement. Uh, that's just, you know, that's at an order of magnitude above what you can do, um, you know, with just a thousand or two thousand. So when you're thinking about just trying to get that incremental change, incremental growth, you narrow the problem to. Um, you make it too focused. Um, when you think about a 10x change, you stop thinking about sort of just narrow improvements. You still need to do those too, but you start to think about crazy ass ideas, I like to call them, that will just push the needle in, a, in an entirely different way. You can't build a plan for that. I, mean, I, would, never, I would never challenge my head of content. Okay, I want a plan that's going to show us how we're going to get to 100,000 plus subscribers. Let's see it. Yeah, um, but you got to be thinking that way. Because it challenges your perceptions about what you think you can do, and we've my teams have come up with some crazy things, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. Um, but it's it's it stems from pushing the envelope and thinking about how they can get that 10x change. If you're going to create that 10x change, it's critical that the content you're creating is targeted at the right buyer personas. Christine Ladd, an account executive at Salesoft, explains why making sure your customers are the right fit is critical to intelligent growth. 
Sure. So what we really believe is, you know, the quality of the customer and having a customer that we can really grow with and will help us grow our company. So uh, there's a lot of companies and you'll see this with early stage companies and with advanced companies. A lot of times as a salesperson, I can relate. You want to get the sale, book that revenue, be able to see that on the number board. But if that individual ends up being a detractor, if you weren't the right fit for them, if mm -hmm. their model doesn't align with your process and they go and they tell people that could be a good fit for you not to go in that way, that can be really difficult road bump to, to overcome. You also then are going to see obviously a little bit of oscillation in terms of the total revenues that you have. So for us, we think intelligent growth is really centered around getting a customer that is going to grow with your product, give you intelligent feedback about how exactly they want to grow, how they want to differentiate, how they want to better run their process. And then it becomes a great feedback loop where we have really happy customers, we're able to engineer around their needs and we're continuing to attract customers that look exactly like the ones that we have today. Part of understanding that feedback loop and where your customers fit into your marketing strategy is owning the customer lifecycle. Seth Lieberman, the CEO of SnapApp, talked about branching beyond intelligent growth as a methodology just for marketing and instead using it to help out other departments internally. So we think marketers will own the customer life cycle in the long run, right? And that today is the top of the funnel, the demand gen. They certainly own that. Increasingly, marketing is providing uh, solutions and assets and tools for sales enablement. So how can we help sales sell better, tell better stories? And then customer marketing, advocacy. How is marketing helping customers uh, you know, helping sales or account uh, expand, upsell, resell, all that kind of stuff. And so ultimately marketing has a, a role in all of that. Um, and I think it's um, the sales and marketing alignment is pretty rough in big companies today. I actually think that marketers, you know, what could go wrong if we talk about the Middle East uh, in terms of the tensions, but I think the tension between sales and marketing is obviously not that bad, but yeah. marketers need to go first. They need to produce, they need to put the cue back in the MQL. Yep. Right, they need to earn the trust of sales, which is the leads that we're delivering for you are vetted, are good, are qualified, are, are the right people. And when you do that, then sales starts to embrace everything else that marketing has to offer. And so even though it may not be marketing's fault, it's marketing's problem, I think, to solve that for sales first. As a marketer, one of the most important parts of managing intelligent growth is properly tracking and maintaining your revenue. James Thomas, the CMO of Alcadia, explains. So much of what we talked about, I love the, the point about leads, 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 leads. It was all about generating awareness and all this kind of things was such a critical part of marketing. It was all about the creative side. It was all about the art side of marketing. And we didn't have to justify spend. Everything has changed from a business perspective in terms of must you must do this. And I always say that if you don't manage your budget effectively, if you don't know where you're spending money on it, you're not going to have a job in a couple of years as a marketer. It's just not going to exist. So a couple of things uh, from a technology perspective, people have been doing this for a while on spreadsheets and disconnected tools. This advent of cloud technology, the ability to connect to all these different applications, the ability to actually visualize the data and some of the more, uh, more data science that goes into this uh, has really evolved over the past four or five years to the point now where we can very quickly spin up very valuable dashboards for clients and really changes the way they think about their marketing spend. So a whole number of factors around the business need plus the technology evolution has, has created a new category uh, really called marketing performance management that we're just seeing emerge in the market today. While there's no doubt the MarTech stack is expanding every single day with new companies and tools, it's important to take a step back and ask what all of those tools mean for the industry overall. Once again, Aaron Dunn shares his thoughts. 
You know, I, I got to tell you, the MarTech explosion, in my personal view, is it's actually hurting us. Huh. Um, you know, I was at the MarTech conference a couple weeks ago, and, you know, they talked about, you know, now there's 3,800 MarTech companies, and it's too overwhelming, actually. You know, so what happens is people are sort of buying technology for the sake of buying technology. They haven't really thought through the process around it. Um, um, you know, I think there's a couple of areas that are super hot right now around account-based marketing, um, you know, thinking about dynamic content and thinking about, you know, you know segmentation and personalization, I think are, um, are really key areas that people should be focused in on. Um, you know, I think anything that helps you and gives you insight in terms of where people are going and where they, you want to interact with them is super helpful. Um, but there's also a level of maturity in your organization, right? Are you, can you really take advantage of that today? Uh, there's a lot of great technologies, but when you guys start to un unpack how long it's going to take you to deploy them, the process you're going to need to actually get people to engage with that. You really have to think, does this align with the strategic business initiative? Um, and, uh, and make sure that it does. Otherwise, it's quite a question why you're doing it. Um, otherwise, you wind up with all really bloated tech stack. I would say, kind of grudgingly, I think they are the leaders. <laughs> That's Julia from Invoca. Even with all the marketing technology that exists today, B2B marketers have fallen behind their B2C counterparts in many aspects of marketing. The real question is, what can we do to change that? I do agree that B2B marketing has lagged a little bit in the, the sense of embracing omni-channel marketing. Uh, I think there are a few different reasons. One, I think, is um, it's just taken marketers a while to really understand that in today's world, B2B marketers are, are doing their research and are, are learning uh, across a variety of channels. I think. Traditionally, we just sort of took the view that when you go to work, you're focused on your business research, and then when, you, when you're when you done, you know, when you clock out at 5 or 6 o'clock or whatever, that's sort of where your job ends. And I think over the past couple of years, those lines have completely blurred, and now um, business shoppers, I guess you would say, are, are still being influenced by advertising and doing um, professional research in the evenings on social, on their mobile devices, across a whole variety of channels. And so I think it just took a while for B2B marketers to kind of accept that fact and then embrace it and figure out how to properly invest in those different channels. Um, I think social is a good example. Most marketers, B2B marketers, are using it today. But if you ask them three years ago, it was still, still very new and sort of a, a risky, untested area. So unlike B2C marketers, I think it's taken B2B a while just to sort of wrap their heads, or heads around that concept that B2B is no longer just defined to someone's role when they're sitting at their desk nine to five during the week. And so as that, as we've come to realize that, I think technologies have sort of caught up as well to serve B2B marketers uh, a little bit better. And now I think is, is sort of the big race, if you will, for B2B marketers to just tie all the different pieces together like B2C marketers have been doing um, pretty effectively for the past few years. Last but certainly not least, we'll hear once again from Megan Eisenberg at MongoDB explaining her biggest takeaway from the conference and how intelligent growth should also include creative marketing strategies. Yeah, so um, the first day they had an executive um, half day with a lot of CMOs and VPs of marketing. And, um, I, you know, Brian Carden, who was at Forrester and, and mm -hmm. then Eloqua and then Lattice Engines and now Fuse, I always learned something. He was speaking and he, one, he did a lot about metrics and, and as a CMO, what you should be looking at, your CAC and, you know, cost for acquisition and lifetime value. And he went through really the numbers on that. Uh, and then he also talked about something that I thought was really interesting. As they went for funding this year, they got a pretty big round in February. It was like $100 million or something. And this, this climate, that's impressive. Yeah, for sure. And he actually did precision targeting on the VCs. Wow. So he oh my God. 
targeted the VCs. There's 20 people at each of them. He did email marketing, social media, huh. uh, ads, you name it. And so when they came in, they already knew the business and they already, um, you know, they even had an impression that the business was much larger than it actually was. Mm. And so how, how he was very successful at doing that. So that's definitely was a takeaway that when you go in, of course you need to market these people and educate them and get them through their buying cycle with you to invest in your company. So I love that. And I sent a bunch of, um, emails out one to the our CFO uh, and then one of the other talks um, was from a head of sales and I'm, I'm blanking on his name but I think it was Tom Schultz uh, and he talked a lot about from the sales standpoint and productivity and that's a big number for us sales productivity for our reps is a very good indicator of how successful you are in the market and he had was using a serious decisions model with uh -huh. a quadrant really looking at the four areas of time that your reps are spending and a lot and you know when they're not selling that in some ways is a waste of time so what can you do to minimize the overhead for hmm. them and how do you measure that and keep on top of that and so he had some really cool models um, that I took pictures of the slides and sent it on to um, my CRO and with that I hope you've enjoyed this episode of B2B Nation it was so interesting to see how everyone framed intelligent growth within their own marketing strategies differently and how undoubtedly most marketers today are toning down strategies that focus on the number of leads and instead looking at the quality of those leads to find out more about B2B Nation's Marketing Edition, check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on this format and if you'd like to hear more episodes like it. Thanks for listening.